Welcome to the Saving Grace Adventist Church Sermon Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed by the Word of God. I ask you to open your Bible with me to the book of Luke, chapter 5. Luke, chapter 5, verses 1 to 5. Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 5. I'm a little nervous, so. (laughs) So the Bible says, so it was. As the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God. That he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. And saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen has gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and thought the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Eternal Heavenly Father, your written word is now placed on the rostrum to become your spoken word. I am your feeble servant. I am a lump of clay. Touch my lips one more time so I'm able to speak for you and also open our hearts so that your words will find a resting place in our hearts. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. Jesus was busy. Healing and casting out demons into the night. The next morning, the crowd finds him so they could receive more of the same. As they pressed about him to hear the word of God, he finds himself standing by the sea of Gennesaret. By the lake of Gennesaret, rather. I happen to learn the difference between a lake and a sea. When we first moved to Canada, Sister Gray, one day I was driving out with my father, and I said, the sea looks so calm and glossy. Never seen the sea so calm before. Then he said, that's not a sea, my son. That's a lake. It's a large body of water. So a lake is a large body of water surrounded by land. So the Lord was standing by the lake of Gennesaret because the crowd was so thick. When Jesus saw two boats by the lake, for the men has gone out of them from fishing all night. Stay with me. Simon and his brother Andrew had toiled all night 
fishing on the lake, for they were fishermen. They weren't just any fishermen. Hear me. They were seasoned fishermen. They knew the art of fishing. They knew the current. They knew the reef. They knew where the rocks were. They knew the deep part, and they knew the shallow end. They, they knew when the temperature of the water was right for fishing. They knew when fish were biting, and they knew when they were not. They knew when to go out fishing and when not to go out fishing. They were expert at their trade. Yet, they fished all night and caught nothing. Stay with me. Disappointed and, dis and, and frustrated, vexed and confused, they washed their nets and put it in the sun to dry for the next day. You can't miss this. You see, Peter probably was worrying or wondering, where am I going to get the next resource from to take care of our family? To pay Caesar's tax, to, to look after his affair. Uh, you, you see, fishing was an uncertain trade. Sometimes it's up and sometimes it's down. It's not like some of the profession we have today where all we have to do is show up. Whether or not we do any work. All we have to do is show up to work and we get paid. Whether you actually physically work or not, you just need to show up. It's not like he had a boss and he didn't have to care about whether or not any fish was caught, was they caught any fish in the boat. He wasn't just an, another hourly paid worker. If he didn't catch any fish, he would not eat. So they washed their nets and put it in the sun so it could dry. The reason they had to wash their nets from after a fishing trip is because when they cast their nets in the water, it sometimes gather moss. Oh, you have to stay with me. Or other things get caught in the nets, like crabs and sticks and, you know, all these things. So they had to remove all those in preparation to go out fishing again. But Peter was about to learn that God is an on-time God. Are you with me? He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. Did you hear what Job said? Job said he may not come when you need him. But he'll be there right on time. For he's an on-time God. Yes, he is. Isn't it like God to show up when you need him most? I am a living example today to testify to you that God shows up when you need him most. And I know I have a witness here today who can also testify that God shows up when you need him the most, right? You may think you were alone in some, some of your situation. You may think that you were alone when you're sick and you have no one to turn to. 
But I want to say to you today that he showed up when you were afraid, when you were worried, when you, were, when you had a broken past, or even had a dysfunctional family. God showed up. When you were worried because of your health, he was there. When you were worried because of her finances, he was there. When you were worried because of her broken dreams, he was there. And I just want to stop by here to tell you today that the Bible says in John 14, 1, he said, let not your heart be troubled. He said, you believe in God, believe also in me. Jesus shows up in the midst of a crisis. What's commendable about Peter is that the Bible said that he washed his net. He didn't just throw his net away. He didn't abandon his fishing equipment. He was still with the expectation that despite the current situation, he still believed that another day or another time that his blessing was coming and that his net was still useful. It's amazing just how little hope can keep us going. Huh? If you have hope for today, that tomorrow will be a better day, and that there's a brighter day somewhere, we will get the strength we need to carry on. So it says that Peter was washing his nets. He had a little bit of hope that the situation will change. And I'm here to tell you that today there may be someone here this afternoon washing their dirty nets. Those nets of disappointment. Those nets of defeat. Those nets of discouragement. Those nets of broken dreams. Those nets of shattered lives. Those nets of doubts and those nets of fear. Wash your nets. Because this life is filled with pain and depression. With stress and uncertainty. But we serve a God who is able to deliver us. Won't you say amen? Who will give us hope in the midst of trials. The song said, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. Then he said, on Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. But the word today, my friend, is to start washing those nets. You see, if you keep on washing those nets, you'll never know what will happen in your life. You'll never know when the tides is going to turn. That's why we have to keep on hanging on, pressing forward, no matter what people has to say, no matter what men will do to you, doesn't matter what the conference may do, or what the church may do, or what the pastors or the elders may say, we have got to hang on there. You never know when the call may come to launch out in the deep waters. When you wash your nets, you are making yourself ready for the next miracle. Do I have a witness? 
When you wash your nets, you are making yourself ready for the next opportunity. I don't care how long you have been toiling, my friend. If you fail at one drop, prepare another. If you fail at one interview, get ready for another. If your resume got overlooked, send out another. If your job didn't work out, wash your nets and apply for another. If your relationship didn't work out because somehow it didn't blossom into marriage, stop complaining. Stop beating up yourself. Stop blaming yourself. Stop murmuring. Wash your nets and get ready for the next miracle. You need to keep on keeping on. In other words, what it is saying, clear your minds. Renew your spirit. Reinvent yourself. Sharpen your skills. Improve your intellect. Continue your education. Be positive. Wash your net and get ready for the next miracle that God is about to perform in your lives. The way God worked is amazing. A lot of us will be looking for something new. So we move from one gadget to another. We move from one church to another. We move from one relationship to another. From one high tech to another. Looking for that miracle. But here God is going to use the same instrument that they used the night before. Stay with me. To bring about a miracle and deliver them. So Jesus said to Peter, launch out into the deep for a draw, for a catch. Peter said, Lord, we have been here all night. There's no fish in those waters. We have already tried. And furthermore, Lord, our muscles are aching. Don't we hear those complaints more time? Our legs are weak. Our eyes are shutting down. Our hands are blistered, Lord. Our clothes are wet. And beside that, Lord, the sun is up. And fish, fishing is poor in the daytime. Then Peter says, Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down my net. My friends, somebody need to have a nevertheless faith here today. Are you here with me? Nevertheless, it means in spite of all that. Notice that this word nevertheless is used after a delicate sentence and serve to make a transition into a new situation. Peter said, nevertheless, at your words, the only thing that could keep you going today is the word of God. Do I hear an amen? Your bank account cannot keep you going. Your retirement funds cannot keep you going. Your education just cannot keep you going. Your jobs cannot keep you going. Your relationship cannot keep you going. The only thing that will keep you going is the word of God. Thy, the words have made flesh, the Bible says, and dwell among us. That is Jesus Christ. Many times. We, we didn't feel like, many times we didn't feel like coming to church. But 
at his word, we are here. Do I have a witness? The bills are sometimes high and the funds are low, but the word of God still remains that said we should return a faithful tithe and a faithful offering. Many times you feel like you couldn't overcome the temptation of the flesh, but because of his word, you were able to walk away. Many times you feel your relationship is on the rock. And you feel if that you can't go on any longer. But when you heard the word of God, you hung in there. So Peter got into the boat. And he launched out into the deep and let down his net. He was about to discover, don't miss this. If you're sleeping, wake up now. He was about to discover that his problem was not a lack of fish. Stay with me but a lack of faith. Please note that the fish were there all the time. Jesus didn't create some fish in the spur of the moment. Those fish were there in the water the night before. Peter just couldn't find them. But when Jesus is in the boat, do I have a witness? Everything will change. When Jesus is in the church, everything is going to change. When Jesus is in your life, everything is going to change. I don't know about you, but I want Jesus in my boat. I can see Peter through my mind's eyes as he held up the net and felt the tug in the net. The net was filled with all kind of fish. There were kingfish, rockfish, snapper, yellowtail, grunt, doctorfish, salmon, goatfish, mackerel, angelfish, sprat, huh? Ponga fish. All kinds of fish were in the net. There were fish from the east. Are you with me? And there were fish from the west. There were fish from the north, and there were fish from the south. So much so until this boat, the boat started to tilt on one side. And Peter had to call for help. For there was so much fish. So much fish. So I stopped by here to tell you that God will do exceedingly above all that we ask or think. You see, God will give you so much that you can help somebody. When God blesses you, it is not for us to store up and to keep for ourselves. It is to help somebody who is in need. We ought to learn to lean on Jesus. We need to lean on Jesus if we want our church to grow. We need to lean on Jesus if we want our department to function. We need to lean on Jesus if we want our attitude to change. We need to lean on Jesus for a better way forward. Wash your nets and lean on Jesus. When Jesus is in the boat, there's no mountain that we can climb. 
When Jesus is in the boat, there's no mountains that we can't move. When Jesus is in the boat, there's no sickness that we can't cure. There's no doors that we can't open. When Jesus is in the boat, there's no valley that we can't cross. When Jesus is in the boat, everything is going to be all right. So when you cannot trace him, my friend, trust him. Peter knew that Jesus knows nothing about fishing. For he was what? A carpenter. And what Jesus told him to do seems impossible. But that which is impossible to man is possible with God. Sometimes God will ask you to do the impossible. Note that they used the same net that they had the night before. It wasn't a new net. Sometimes God will ask you to talk to that same indifferent neighbor again. You saw it in a quarterly. Sometimes God will ask you to knock on the same doors that reject you again. Sometimes God will ask you to speak to that unforgiving church member again. Sometimes God will ask you to love that neighbor over and over again. And if, and we do it because we realize that this is not our work, but God's work. For Jesus said in John 4.33, My meat is to do the will of the Father that sent me and to finish his work. For if you're serious about success, then you need to wash your net and get ready to work for Jesus. Wash your net and get ready to launch out into the deep for a catch. Wash your nets and get ready to take on the impossible. Wash your nets and get ready to go where he sends you. The sun is hot outside, but nevertheless. The pain is too much, but nevertheless. My rent is due, but nevertheless. I'm afraid of those little dogs in the neighborhood, but nevertheless. Work is hard and stressful, my friend, but nevertheless, the task may seem impossible to do, but nevertheless, Peter said, nevertheless, Lord, at your word, I will launch out into the deep and let down for a catch. My friend, when God makes a catch for the church, it is without a doubt a miracle. Did you hear me? When God makes a catch for the church, it is without a doubt a miracle. Hear me now. He brings in all kinds of fish in the church. Huh? He not only brings in snappers and kingfish and grunt and trout and sprat. Huh? He also brings in some type of sharks. Hammerhead sharks. Crabs. Eels. Snake. 
and all kinds of things that we would cast out. However, it's not the church's responsibility to clean up a person or the fish. Transformation of the heart, hands, and habit are the sole prerogative of God. As a person surrenders to the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why Zechariah 4, 6 says, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. This church, my friend, is not an art gallery. This church is not a museum, but a hospital for sinners. It's a hospital, and there's only one doctor. Are you with me? Only Dr. Jesus should be on duty. And his name is Dr. Jesus. Some of us want to act like doctors. Church getting quiet. Putting on white coats and walking around the walls and reading charts and, and, and making diagnosis. Some of us have got to the point where we start to do surgery. But not on me. There's only one doctor in this hospital for sinner. And his name is Dr. Jesus. Peter was overwhelmed by the miracle of Jesus. He said, depart from me. He said, depart from me for I am a sinful man. Peter was humble, not by a night of failure, but by an astounding catch, astounding success. Listen to this. If success humbles you, then failure builds you up. If success props you up, then failure will destroy you. Like Peter, when God works miracles in our lives, we will be equally astonished and realize how undeserving we are. For we too are sinful and are only saved by the amazing grace of God. It's only by his grace that we are saved. There's nothing within us that is worth, worthy of salvation. Nothing is only by his grace. Then Jesus tells Peter something wonderful. He said, Peter, don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. From this point on, Peter and the other disciple let ev left everything. And they started to follow Jesus. Like Peter, we have been called from labor to rest. We have been called from death to life, from bondage to liberty, darkness to light, fellowship to sonship, a relaxed spirit to a willing spirit. My friend, if you want to have something great happen in your life, you've got to keep on fishing with the nevertheless purr in your heart. Abraham launched out across the desert 
to a land that he knew not. And all he had was nevertheless. Noah built an ark in the face of unbelief, in the face of the unbelieving world, with nothing more than a nevertheless. Moses defied Pharaoh, looking to heaven while he was saying, nevertheless. David, confronted by a mighty giant, marching into combat with just nevertheless. Peter added, nevertheless, 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 at your word, I will let down my nets. And as I take my seat, I just want to say, regardless of how many times you have been disappointed, wash your net. Wash your nets and keep on fishing. Regardless of how many times people turn their backs against you, wash your nets and keep on fishing. Just remember that if you have a nevertheless faith, you will make it. You may have experienced hard times in your life. If your future doesn't look bright, sometime even though your friends have forsaken you and turned their backs on you, nevertheless, nevertheless, God is able. God is able, nevertheless, God is able to supply all of our needs. So wash your nets, saving grace. Wash your nets, my visitors. Wash your nets, my friend, and get ready for your next miracle is on the way. How many of you would like a nevertheless faith this afternoon? I invite you to stand as a pastor come to pray for us. You see, all things are possible if we trust God and believe him at every word. I pray that we may fail at whatever we try or encounter in our lives. But with Jesus in your boat, you will be successful. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for the words that have come to us this afternoon. Life does not always turn out the way we want it to. We are faced with many challenges and disappointments in life. Lord, sometimes we feel so discouraged that we are on the verge of giving up. But Father, remind us once more, nevertheless, as Peter did, give us, O oh God, the faith to try one more time. Lord, I ask you today that you will bless the word to our heart. I pray for each person here. We have our challenges that we will meet. But for each challenge, we can look to Jesus Christ. For each setback, we know, God, that through you, we can come back. And so, no, Father, 
I present before you this congregation. And I ask now, Lord, that as we go, we will cherish these words in our hearts. We will live them daily as trusting, believing, faithful soldiers of the cross. I pray for our visiting friends, O God. I ask you now that you will bless their families. Bless their carriers. Bless them in their jobs. Bless them in their health. Bless them in their marriages, in their relationship. But more than all, Lord, I pray that you will bless them with the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So now, Father, we leave ourselves in your hand. And we pray now that by your word and through your word, we will cast now our net on the other side. Fill it, O oh God. Fill it to overflowing. Emotionally, fill it to overflowing. Physically, fill it to overflowing. Spiritually, fill it to overflowing. May we continue to hold on to you. Trusting in you always. And oh God, thank you again for the messenger and the message to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for listening to today's message. We are always encouraged to know how God is working through this ministry to touch lives. If you have a story to share of how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending an email at podcast at savinggracesda.org. As the Holy Spirit impresses you, you may also support this ministry financially by visiting savinggracesda.org.